Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of TV Channeling. We are here to channel TV, and I'm super excited because with me, as usual, is my wonderful co-host, Kevin! Yes, I am here, and this is episode what number, Tachi? 29. 29. Oh, my God. Oh, we can be 29 forever. Or we can dare to actually reach the coveted age of 30. All right, uh, as far as number of episodes. All right, Tachi, so (laughs) it's time. Let's get right down to business. We're going to review yet another show. Yes. So so let me tell you a little bit about what we're reviewing uh, this week. We're reviewing a show called Here and Now, and it is an HBO original series it was created by uh alan ball you may uh if you don't know the name you know his work uh six feet under actually one of my favorite shows of all time uh the creator of that and um the show is a 10 episode uh series on hbl so let me tell you a little bit about it so uh audrey uh, played by Holly Hunter, puts the finishing touches on her husband's 60th birthday party. A milestone Greg, Tim Robbins, is loath to celebrate. Cracks begin to emerge in their progressive, multi-ethnic family. Audrey and Greg have four children. Kristen, their introverted 17-year-old biological daughter, and three adopted children. Fashion designer Ashley from Liberia, now married with a daughter of her own. Life coach Duke from Vietnam and Ramon from Colombia, who's in a relationship with a free spirit named Henry. Greg's 60th birthday party comes to a sudden end when Ramon starts hallucinating in the middle of the celebration, seeing the numbers 1111 engulfed in flames. So, Tachi, what did you think of Here and Now? Well, first of all, I love your lack of foreplay in terms of getting right into it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do people really want TV channeling foreplay? Wow. If I answer that. (laughs) (laughs) You started the foreplay talk. (laughs) That might uh, lead us to a world of trouble. So I'm just going to skip over that. Wait wait a minute. Let me put on some soft music and pour a couple of glasses of wine. (laughs) Wow, Kevin. Okay. Well, (laughs) so one for you, one glass for you, one for me. Okay. (laughs) Sans the foreplay. So. Uh, this this is this is quite interesting. A uh, one thing Alan Ball also uh, created True Blood. So, yes. Yeah. That that's another show. I don't know if you watched that. I watched every episode of True Blood. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Six Feet Under and True Blood. So this this is what I'm confused about. I already have a question. Now I'm reading in two different places, and I can't remember exactly. The daughter is from Somalia or Liberia. Yeah, okay, that that's another thing. I believe she's from Liberia, but uh, but I have read some places where they have it listed as her being from Somalia. Somalia. Right, and I'm like I can't think back to to them even talking really about 
well, when I was back in Somalia, I don't remember. And now, so- they haven't been clear yet in her story. We did get a reveal. Oh, that's something I want to make clear that I didn't before. We okay. always watch two episodes of at least two episodes of every show that we review. And this week is no different. We watched two episodes of Here and Now. And in episode two, we got a reveal uh, that Duke, we see that they didn't get him as a baby, that, that he has memories of his time being in Vietnam. So we they haven't revealed to us uh, with Ashley when exactly they got her. Right, right. So I'm guessing in subsequent episodes, they're going to broach that topic. Yeah, we'll get more more. background of exactly how old the kids were when they got them and how they were children, though. They were they weren't like teens. They were children. But they the question is, I assume that they were all babies until we started getting flashbacks, uh, flashbacks of Duke's uh, or time in Vietnam. Yeah, and these were flashbacks I did not want to have with him. <laughs> oh no, that was some very rough stuff. I'm not even sure if we should reveal what it was cuz I was like, "Oh, well that explains a lot of what's going uh, it, on." No, it absolutely explains everything. Let's not spoil it, but it absolutely when you see what happened when he lived in Vietnam, what he was uh, put through as a child and then you see his behavior now it completely 100% unequivocally explains what the damn issue is altogether however I-, I will say this what they went through when they were young probably and we don't have everybody's backstory yet was quite I'm sure you know quite ch- trying and in some cases horrific Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But did my question is they're messed up now. (laughs) I think think it's more than just the fact that they grew up in these circumstances in the respective countries they came from. When you hear the parents talk, I'm like, really? What? Uh, Oh, yeah. No, no. That's what's interesting. I think the juxtaposition of where they came from as far as in these are these are all very upper middle class. They're leading very upper middle class lives. Right. Uh, in, and the show takes place in Portland. And just, I have mm-hmm. to say right off the top, this show is just beautiful to look at. It is a feast for the eyes, as far as I'm concerned. And um, it's it's a love letter to Portland. So if Portlandia didn't make you want to move to Portland, this show will. So I know the, <laughs> it's, it's not, the real estate prices are already high enough there. Yes. This is only going to make it worse. <laughs> exactly. Because I am already looking to move. Are you trying to wear one of Fred Armisen's terrible wigs that he wears? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No, I love here and now's Portland. It is just, it is unspeakably beautiful. And speaking of the cinematography, it's very similar in in the way it looks. To it, I would put it this way: halfway between National Treasure. Remember that sh- uh, the show that we watched uh, that we reviewed, National yes, Treasure. Yes, yes. So the British has, show. The British show. Mm-hmm. It has. That kind of feel cinematography wise and halfway between the oh gosh, what is that Marvel show that we reviewed that I love? Um, oh my god, the the defenders? The de- no 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 no. Uh where they're in an insane asylum. Uh you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh yes. Oh um, my god, yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, what is that called? Oh, why can't I remember that? And I, I love- can't remember it either. I know exactly what you're talking about because I can I see it in my head. Show. Yeah, it will come it- to me when I don't need it. Watch. <laughs> but uh, it 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 has the cinematography of 
both of those. So it's just that is, beautifully that is shot. very astute. If we, it would be even more so if we could remember the name of that other show. I Legion, know. Legion, 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 Legion. Thank Legion. you. Yes. Okay. So it's yes. Halfway between You're right. A national and, treasure. You said and that. It, I can see it. You're right. It does look like it's it's a blend of the two cinematic styles, and it is beautifully beautiful looking. It really is. So for no other reason, I just like. Oh my god. I'm like I I could turn watch the show with the sound off. I'm just like I'm. It's so pretty. Oh, absolutely. But you know this is 2018 in 2018 you have no excuse as a cinematographer a producer director anything to have poorly shot anything the days of us forgiving public access tv looking things are done <laughs> it's done the dishes are done man okay oh my god <laughs> so you really have to in this day and age have beautiful cinematography is just a must and it is a prerequisite i yeah i'm sorry Oh, yeah, no, you're right, because there are even YouTubers that are raising the game, because I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and I'm like, this, what is, why is the cinematography off the charts on this YouTube video? So people are raising their game. And you can get it. You can get cinema quality stuff with relatively inexpensive cameras. I mean, the cameras that I've used to shoot my documentaries have been like, I use a Canon 7D and my favorite, the Panasonic G, uh, GH4, which probably means nothing to you, but to people who are filmmakers and photographers, they'll, they'll understand. Particularly with the Panasonic, the footage is beautiful. So you can create some really high-end stuff for little money. So there's no excuse, people. None. Yes, and Panasonic is not sponsoring TV channeling. You, they so. sure are. Nor is Canon, and I don't understand why. It, it, it's funny. We just say these things. Oh, such and such brand names have become such a part of what we do daily that you just rattle it off, and we're not getting a ner damn red cent exactly. from any of them. So we'll 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 wax more poetically about and how incredible the Canon uh, uh Canon and Panasonic's products are once they start sending us checks. And we would love that Canon. And Panasonic. Yeah. <laughs> and we would also like to talk about where we bought uh, those uh, that equipment. Uh, Amazon, yeah, uh, give us a call. Exactly. Give us a call. <laughs> exactly. We'll do, we'll do you good, Amazon. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Okay, <laughs> why do I always do this? Why do I always do and this? And you wanted to start the show with foreplay. Now you're doing them good. All right. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to be part of the hashtag Me Too movement in a minute. <laughs> I, I know. We got to be real careful, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my God. Harvey Weinstein is going to come for us. Like, oh, what about TV channeling? What about them? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> worry about yourself, Weinstein. Never you mind us. But anyway, okay, so uh, one thing I want to talk about is the fact that the show stars two heavy hitters with Holly Hunter and um, Tim Robbins, uh, you know, two bona fide movie stars mm-hmm. in this show. And um, seeing them at this uh, uh, in this period in their life, and the uh, Tim Robbins character is really lost because even though they're not really talking about Voldemort, on the show, the show is really uh, um, uh, Tim Robinson's character is really being affected by where the world is at this moment in time. So the here and now is very apt in the, well, t- you know, the title. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I just want to make the point of you know why. Because he is a philosophy professor, and there's this constant, what is the world? 
what does the meaning of life where and then so you're faced with this that's why he's going crazy because he's a philosophy professor yeah you know what but i wasn't a, uh, a philosophy professor <laughs> when, <laughs> when the election results were announced and uh yeah i was questioning our place in the universe <laughs> oh no absolutely but i think even more so for him because this is what he studies and this is like the antithesis of everything that he's done so it causes what we like to call in the academic world cognitive dissonance and he's not handling it well yeah and he's also having what i guess is like you I, you really can't call it a midlife crisis unless he's going to live to be 120 but <laughs> but it's kind of like <laughs> it kind of is you know, we don't know what's coming around the corner. Tim Robbins might live to be 120 plus. Who knows? Anyway, um, but he does definitely seems to be having some kind of crisis uh, right now emotionally at where he is in his life. And we, I can mention this because this happens really early in the first episode. He happens to be having an ongoing, I, I, I don't know if you can call it an affair, but he has a standing appointment with a prostitute. It's a weekly engagement. He shows up there every week and um, has sexy, sexy time with this prostitute. And uh, so that's part of what's going on <laughs> in his life. So, so question, did he not pay her? No, he paid her. We see uh -huh. him. Uh, we see him uh, pay her. And exactly. She... Thus, it is not an affair. That's well, your time I, but, but with your sexy, my, my, well, the sexy point is, but, but but I'm saying when it's a regular thing, it's just like I wasn't sure what to call it because normally, if, if, he, if I said he was seeing prostitutes, I wouldn't say an affair. But when you're seeing the same prostitute, you know, uh, fifty-two weeks uh, a year, that's like, what is that? So it mean well, it, it could mean a couple of things, and we'll probably find out more as the series unfolds, uh, and more will be revealed in reviews, etc. It means it's simply he likes what she does one <laughs> okay if that's the very simple answer he likes what she what the hell she does but then too that he actually is looking for some sort of whatever you call it but some sort of relationship not in a normal sense but the fact that he keeps going back to the same one besides liking what she does means that there's some connection there because if it was just about the act he could go to anybody else exactly and also she does share a little bit they're talking so I feel like he does have some kind of and she gives him a birthday gift now we won't say what the birthday gift is but so this it clearly <laughs> makes it clear <laughs> It's something that may help him with his next visit to her. Yes. But anyway, but it's it's clearly uh, some there's some kind of rapport between. I'm, that sounds so crazy to say. So when you're having sex with every week, it's like there's a rapport I think developing between you and I, person I have sex with all the time. Uh, I would say we're developing a rapport. <laughs> well, but no, that that is that is a perfect word because if you think about it, going back to the birthday gift, and we won't reveal what it is, but. That gift is not somebody something that you it is completely related to their time together, if that makes any sense. It's not like, oh, I bought you I noticed that your feet were cold, I bought you socks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh, that type okay. of thing at all. It's 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 completely related to that. But he but yes, but he but she did buy him something that's practical, something that he's gonna get a lot of use out of. Mm. That's terrible. The whole thing is, as they say in the DMV, terrible. It terrible. <laughs> anyway, so they're interesting. Uh, what's going? What's going on with him? And then, um, his wife Holly Hunter's character seems to be really 
um, controlling. She's type A. She needs to handle everything. She's very driven. She's also an, an academic as well. So you have these two progressive academics who um, some of their children might say used the fact that they were adopting these kids from around the world as proof of how quote unquote woke <laughs> they were and including there's a really interesting scene when um uh, let's see duke and ashley are telling some uh, uh telling this model uh about what it was like to grow up in their home uh with their uh you know being dressed up in native garb that like ashley was sent to school dressed as like erica badu (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) by hallie hunter and she was not happy about that and then duke was sent wearing some like like some kind of kimono thing or something like that and he was like like you know the only one of the only asian kids in his school how yeah you're trying to blend in not stand out walking in looking like a samurai or something yeah, yeah. Okay, and see, that's the thing, and that's kind of a men- metaphor for, and and usually it is, you know, Caucasian families that are doing this. So I'm not trying to. That's the metaphor for the well-meaning, as they like to say in vernacular, white folk, that are trying to do something right, but they miss all the other things. Like they're going to school. Perhaps it is not the most appropriate thing for her to be to look be looking like Erica Badu. Well, the whole it, the, the idea I can see in her mind, she's thinking she wants to let like let you know you be proud of who you are and where you come yes, from. Yes, and I, I want you to stand in that. But yeah, sometimes you don't want to stand in that when because lots of times as a kid you don't the kids do not want to stand out. They want to blend in. Right. And when you and you when you take a kid who is from Liberia. And uh, and you take a kid who's from Vietnam, and in Portland is a lot of things, but diverse isn't one of them. So <laughs> so you take these uh, kids of color and put them in this, you know, uh, very very, you know, um, I guess sunblock needing uh, community, high, you know, high SPF. <laughs> needed community then they're already standing out to start with so then to dress them in their native garb is a bit much well and you th- know what here's here's the thing about you know that whole thing and then trying to um, be quote-unquote woke and also trying to have them be proud i get that but if they were really proud why did they name them anglicized names oh well no you weren't see tachi i am disappointed duke is actually his original name but it's it's spelled d-u-c um so that is actually his name Uh, it may be short for something longer we'll hear later but um that ashley isn't actually what ashley's name originally was she does share the fact that um she actually had uh i can't remember what her uh that's true name, you're right name you're was. right she talked about when the moment she turned 18 um, you're right i remember as a uh, to basically punish holly hunter's character like i'm naming myself the widest name possible and so apparently that name is ashley, ashley you're right you're right, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, I digress. You're absolutely right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so she was, no, she named her Erica Badu. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> and she's like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> I will be forever known as Ashley. 
Well, you know, it, again, it, the whole thing is a metaphor. There, there are so many families that are like this kind of blended families where they've uh, adopted from different countries or from someone that's a different culture other than them. And there's this paradox of how do how are you how are you respectful to the culture of the child that you're bringing into your house versus the culture that you are in, and how do you blend the two and how do you make them feel comfortable? It's rough. I can understand it's a rough job, but here's the thing: <laughs> these kids are messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, to me, the most respectful thing you can do, just in general, we're gonna go off. I'm gonna kind of go off topic to give a tip to anybody who's looking to adopt children of different ethnicities. Okay. I think the biggest favor you can do them is to not live in a place where they don't see anybody who doesn't yes. look like them uh, outside of a mirror. So they need to basically be in an ethnically diverse area so they see different types of people that look like them so they don't stand out like a sore thumb. That's the biggest gift, I think, versus dressing them in dashikis. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, dashikis, and, and you live in... Um, uh, Omaha. Milletville, so. Omaha, uh, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> or Milletville, Nowhere's Land. You can't do that. You have to, and I'm not, well, nobody is, tra- TV channeling is trying to tell you how to raise your children. But oh, trust. I am, yes. I'm giving, <laughs> I'm giving parental guidance. Trust, and with, with your, with your parental no guidance is self. suggested by Kevin. So that's exactly. With, <laughs> with your non-child having self. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think I think that you have to be very aware and very cognizant that if you're going to do this, you can't live in places like this. You better find a way to live in New York City or maybe just outside. If you've got to live in the suburbs, you need to live in the suburbs of New York, of Chicago, of um, uh, L.A., of um, Houston. And then even then, that could be tra- traumatic for them, you know, not living in the city center. But you owe it to those children to live someplace where they're going to see reflections of themselves. Otherwise, they end up with all sorts of problems and self-esteem issues. That, and that's selfish. Oh, oh no. absolutely. So, again, and also that was coming from another non-parent. So, yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I'll be, I don't have kids in the least yet, but I would never do something like that that's you know you can look spend a little more money you can get a bomb house in the city all right now um uh, another thing about the about the 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 family dynamic that that, that's interesting to me and very universal even though Mm -hmm. this is a very unusual family is the fact that when um duke and ashley were uh commiserating about their growing up with their parents uh they talked about their brother um and how they referred to him as jesus uh baby jesus because he can there's no wrong he can do in his parents eyes yes Uh, and the fact that all the native garb they had to wear didn't happen uh uh to him he got to basically dress any the way he wanted to and that basically they felt like he passed for white and just kind of just breezed through life whereas they had a lot of issues ramon had ramon had no zero issues breezed through life and also ramon happened to be gay and um and so and 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 super good looking so everything was a breeze for him versus uh what things were like uh for duke and i've heard so many people people that have uh bigger families talk about like 
the the first couple kids how they grew up and how they were treated and the rules they lived under versus the baby who was allowed to just do whatever <laughs> do whatever they wanted. Oh, because the parents are tired by the time they put all <laughs> of their energy into the oldest child and making sure everything was right. They were too tired by the time child number five because it's like whatever you want to do. Yeah, stay out as late as you want. Exactly. <laughs> go exactly. where you want to go. But you know what? It just seems kind of like, um, I don't know. They seemed like too lackadaisical and too lax as parents, if you ask me. And trying to keep up this, oh, this citizen of the world thing. In what world is it okay? So there's that scene. I know I'm jumping ahead, but uh, the, the model that you mentioned. They actually, oh, okay. They I actually, was going to come up. Yes, of course it was. They actually, and you know, speaking of uh, foreplay, they, uh, they actually took the model to the 60th birthday party who does that i don't know but well well, okay let's 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 point out why okay so basically what ends up happening is ashley is a a fashion designer and she has a website Uh and so um there was they were doing a modeling shoot one of the models was actually there at her workplace right and so he was they were flirting with each other and so she's on the phone talking to her brother about the fact that they need to meet because they need to basically try to like get their minds right before they go into the lion's den of their father's 60th birthday party and so he this model overhears this and and when he hears ashley saying how like yeah we, i need a couple of drinks to try and get to get myself together for this and he says oh i have blow and so all of a sudden he's invited and he's there at a bar having um uh drinks with uh ashley and duke uh, and that's where we hear the story about what it was like for them growing up with their parents. And so after they end up, all three of them end up doing this blow and reminiscing about how they used to do blow when they were in high school. Uh-huh. They um, Problem uh, number one. What I love is the fact that because they did blow they Ashley doesn't can't doesn't want to drive. She can't drive because sure because she just got through doing, uh, you know, coke. Then so she has this guy drive. She goes. She goes. Now can you? Are you good? Because you're like, I love my car. I love my, my car car. exactly. And Don't so I'm like, wait, well then maybe. And so you're gonna have this stranger who just did blow with you drive your car because you can't drive your car because you just did blow. You just did blow as did you all. And see that's that. Okay, that's problematic. My problem with with her is this is how I knew know that there's something you know unstable besides you know okay being uh, adopted away and we don't know that she came from um traumatic um uh, traumatic background yet um we what we we know very little but so here she is she's doing drugs like they she did in high school that's problematic but forget her they're flirting she's married yeah she is she super is married. married with a child with the so most she's, okay okay that's not gotta talk about this with the most, the whoever was in charge of casting the little girl, they they found the most beautiful <laughs> little girl you've, I've ever seen. She is so adorable. She's so precious, and the idea that she and and then the guy who plays her husband again, he could not be more adorable. He I is, love him. He, he is like a he's like a, a if 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 somebody took a panda bear and turned them into a person or something. He was so cuddly and sweet, and um and she's flirting with this model and then bringing him to her father's sixty birthday i, that I don't to know if me, she was 
I don't know if she was thinking that he was going to get an Uber and leave after they drove and uh, got to the house or whatever. I have no idea what the uh, thought process was because it actually goes, we won't go into exactly how bad it gets, but it gets pretty bad with, uh, there's repercussions that come from the decision of bringing this, uh, who would think that it would, that, that things could turn, make, take a bad turn when you invite somebody who says they have blow to your parents' birthday party? Clearly not somebody who does blow. (laughs) (laughs) She is so ill-advised. That that made me annoyed. And I'm like, okay, I can see the other two and and doing that. But once, to me, you have to have a sense of responsibility. Never mind just the fact that she's married to this adorable guy, but she has a child. So you're going to your father's 60th birthday party high with a model that you've been flirting with. What the hell? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy. But one one thing I will say, and this is kind of giving something away a little bit, but I'm going to say it anyway because I okay. really liked this. Um, it she obviously lies about who this guy, the identity of this model, and and her that she doesn't really know him. She passes him off as her brother's friend or something. But later, some stuff goes down that ends up where the lie comes out about the mm-hmm. model was that the this the, the guy was a model that she invited and that there had been some flirting or something, and so and some blow. And so when that comes out, her husband's reaction to me was really interesting. I'm thinking like this man is a keeper, and this is why when um uh, when he has to and i won't say why but when he has to go bail his wife out, out of, of jail, jail. Mm-hmm. and it all comes out about the fact that this model and the doing the blow and all that kind of stuff he basically says like uh, something the, uh, the equivalent of like you know what i'm a i'm a parent too i'm doing the same thing i'm working every day i'm taking care of our kid putting her to sleep each night don't you think that I have a wild side? I want to do something. So if you want to do wild or be crazy, I get that. But be wild, be crazy with me. Right. Take he was me like, on let that me trip. know. Let me know because you know I'd be down. Yeah, because basically the idea is now she, the whole whole thing. Even her brother says this to somebody that her she likes to she doesn't like to get into the fire, but she likes to dance near it. So the idea was she would flirt with that model and let him think that she might have sex with him, but she had no intentions of having sex with him. Right, right. And so, but you can get into danger when you play games like that. Oh, absolutely, which I'm sure we'll see later on in the season. (laughs) (laughs) This is a setup for for what's to come, definitely. And I kind of want to go back a a minute, and I want to spend too much time on it because I think we're so inundated with this, but it's important because it's it's the reality of, okay, when she was in, in, when her husband had to come bail her out of jail, it wasn't just her. Oh, you know, that this, uh, we, oh, yes, we have to talk about this. This was really interesting. Okay, so she gets arrested with. Kristen, Kristen ends up assaulting somebody. We won't say because that'll be giving him more away. But Kristen ends up uh, like you know uh, hitting someone, and they they her, she they get arrested. So Kristen, of course, is is white because she is the um, uh, actual what is it, the term? I just said it earlier. Biological, biological. child <laughs> of uh, of uh, of the uh, the two lead the uh, the parents who's. Uh, character's name i can't remember right now so uh so they both get arrested and they both have very different experiences yes with the uh arresting officer 
Yes, it was like a, uh, you know, at the end when she comes out, uh, her sister, what is her sister's name? Oh, uh, uh, Kristen. Kristen, yes. So Kristen comes out and is like, oh, she was actually pretty cool. And she's looking at her like, <laughs> in, in, in what bizarro land was she cool? Because uh, Ashley's experience was she was actually treated like... A hardcore criminal. Like a hardcore criminal, which they often do to black women. And you know what? It just conjured up all these thoughts of the... um, the uh, Sandra Bland case, yes, uh, with that that came rushing black back, and so there was almost a not almost there was complete disrespect. They made her take off her wig. You don't ever, <laughs> never ever. Well, yeah, okay, make a it, black woman take off their wig. Uh, now, so if you're wearing a wig, do not commit a crime or be standing near white people committing crimes because you will be forced and have the indignity uh, indignity of taking your wig off in a public setting so exactly the, yeah, the so point the, was, was to humiliate her i was like please knock that small thing down but that would have meant more time then she, then yeah you would have been then we would have been having a candlelight vigil for her after she'd been <laughs> murdered <laughs> saying no, no just no justice no peace <laughs> Exactly. Well, be, and see, that's the thing. And it, it calls out the paradox of how you have to behave when you are black or of color in police custody versus how you are allowed to behave if you are non-melanated in police custody. So if you are heavily melanated, you have to watch what you say, how you say it. You have to, yes, I mean, you know, everybody, uh, people of color off, you know, get this talk. Their parents are like, all right, now, if the that never happens with non-melanated children uh, because you you may be taught you be respectful, but you don't get the three-hour conversation of how you are to conduct yourself if this happens. And in a lot of cases, as we've seen, it still doesn't make any difference. So her experience being in custody was very different from her sister's experience. And that is kind of a metaphor for the experiences in the family, being black in Portland, being adopted from Africa, not really feeling or having a place is very different than being um, white, biological in a place where everybody looks like you. So that whole prison scene or sorry, jail scene was just a metaphor for uh, I think for Ashley feeling displaced. Yeah, and they're general. yeah they're growing up absolutely. And this is the idea that not that Kristen would be blissfully unaware that her sister would have a different experience than she, even exactly. though Kristen is seventeen. That it didn't even like oh yeah that was it wasn't that bad. So she does now. To be fair, Kristen doesn't witness what's happening to her sister, but to me, she should know that her sister's experience might be very different from her own. But Kristen doesn't view her as black, quote unquote. She views her as her sister and that's secondary. So she probably had no view that her treatment would be any different. She's actually pretty cool. Be, nobody would say that if they thought that the other person had been mistreated. So she actually has no clue wearing that damn horse hat all the time. Oh yeah, no, no, she has, a, oh God, you know, we didn't even know. We we're just gonna leave that out there. There's, there's a horse head involved. A, a, not a real horse head. This isn't the Godfather part anything. There's, there's a horse head mask that's involved with a very pivotal and very disturbing scene. So watch yes. out for that. Yes. But um, but I still think what's interesting to me is the idea that, yes, even though I, you know, the whole idea uh, of when people use that term, I don't see color, you still know 
you live in the same world you live here and now just like we, <laughs> we do so the idea that she wouldn't uh think for a second you know what uh are you know Kristen uh would, wouldn't ask ashley you know it was you know the person who the guard was okay with me everything okay with you she just she just bopping out of that jail when they get bailed out like wow and she actually think that's another thing that that um because uh Kristen thinks of her she refers to herself as the like the boring white chick of the family because uh, she thinks that she actually thinks that her siblings are so cool um because not, not only are they older than her but they're from you know all around the world and they just seem more interesting and she sees herself as being boring and she's introverted and awkward uh and a little weird hence the horse head um so it's just interesting to see how just that I thought that was very well done to see the very different experiences they had uh, going through the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a nice ju juxtaposition. I mean, not nice, but the way they did it. I'm I'm interested in the therapist. So you've already alluded to the fact that um, Ramon Ramon is in therapy. And the therapist is uh, Muslim, but more of a secular Muslim, I think, yes. than his wife is. So he's not like um, really practicing, practicing, but his wife is not like 100% devout, but she does um, follow the tenets, it seems. Like she covers her head like in, in the, what was it? Was it Ramadan? I don't know what what ho I I don't remember what holiday was but but it was they do make it clear to us that that there are some things that she's respecting as far as in times to to do certain things uh that it, it was but Ramadan yes because she was talking about eating he was like I'm hungry and she was like this is my culture so you know not not very strongly or whatever but you could tell that religion that Islam is important to the wife and it's a secular thing for the therapist the husband who's um Fred Fareed, but he calls himself Fred. So yeah, and so not there's the even an issue one... about that. The fact that he has like that he's anglicized his name. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, but she's not the only one that wears hijab. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, so they have a son who is they describe as gender fluid, and he likes to cross dress and wear a hijab. Now, this is very interesting because. It, that lets you know that faith and religion can exist in the same space as somebody's idea of sexuality, whether or not the, the public or that community wants it to be so, it lets it know that it, you let you know that you can't exist. Cause you would think, okay, well, if he cross dresses, he would wear quote unquote, Americanized or European Western, clothing, yeah, Western. Western clothing, right? No, he wears a hijab. So he cross dresses, but it's completely consistent with his culture, which well, I but, find well, because fascinating. That's, but that's his idea of what a woman is, is, or, or I should her. I, it's hard. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make some mistakes in this discussion. Okay. Uh, but, uh, that's okay. but, uh, he his his mother this is the kind of what his idea of a woman is and so if he sees himself as a woman or she sees herself as a woman she's going to basically you know dress as she would see a woman dressing and so if the women in her world dress in a hijab then she uh when she's dressing as a woman would also dress in a hijab 
that makes sense. That makes sense. But I, you know, again, I'm not going from, uh, you know, personal experience or knowing it just, it just seems that especially if you lived in the West, you would dress as Western, uh, as Western women do, but I think I think it's actually a beautiful thing that his well, also idea of beauty is what his mother does. But also, he kind of remixes it because well, his father is all like, "Well, you know, if you wear the job, you're supposed to cover all your hair," and he's all like, "Yeah, no." Yeah, and he pulls like, it back and shows some of his hair, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. This is this is my take. Exa- this is exactly. my my take on wearing the hijab." But just it, the it, fact that his father, when he got up. I thought he was going to snatch the hijab off of his head. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, I wasn't sure. And he puts his hands on his shoulders, yes. like, wait, is he going to choke him or something? But no, um, he uh, he actually like um, you can. He deeply loves his child and, and caresses and hugs his child, which was really nice. Because um, sometimes that, that's not what you expect when you are dealing with something like this that a lot of parents have, may have a hard time with. But the whole thing with him when, when he has a scene with his wife, he's saying like, is enough that we're Muslim and like you know right now uh, in the world and all the things that are going on you know in the era of Voldemort that you know now he has to is he's not not in enough danger now he wants to dress you know as a woman too so it's all about his fear of of safety and the fact that he take that he has anglicized his name and his wife has not that's an interesting relationship very interesting relationship that indeed yeah, so I'm actually looking forward to learning more about the connection because the reason, uh, like uh, uh, Tachi was saying, is the son who is, um, oh my God, I forgot his name, uh, uh, who's having the hallucinations. Uh, Ramon. Ramon, who's having the hallucinations of the number 1111. There's some significance that some people say, this is actually a thing, that when people see the number 1111 or it keeps coming up for them, that there's some kind of like spiritual calling or some kind of uh, something that's happening, that some kind of transcended spiritual something that may be happening or on the verge of happening, some higher calling. Uh, and that's, I guess, the universe's way of alerting you that this number keeps coming up for you. And so Ramon starts hallucinating and then having these weird nightmares. And in these uh, nightmares or dreams, he sees a woman that looks like it's like it's like she's uh, like in a, a 50s movie or six, early 60s movie or something like that the way she's dressed in the swimsuit that she's in and she's with a little boy well it turns out when Ramon goes to see a therapist after having these visions and kind of freaking out at his father's birthday party he see the picture is the woman that he has been seeing in these dreams uh, and the little boy is the therapist when he was a child so what the hell is that about? Yeah, exactly. And you, you don't get the feeling that this is going to be some sort of supernatural series at when it first begins. But as he starts to, as Ramon starts to hallucinate and you see these things, it's like, okay, wait, is it? Is this going to turn into something else now? Because that, I mean, this could just go along and be a normal story with all that we've told you without the hallucinations and without the 1111 thing. But now you've added that in. And I'm, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that and what direction it, the show is going to take. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, the, the whole supernatural element and um, there even may be a connection with this regarding uh, Tim Robbins' character, Greg. So... 
I'm not exactly sure what direction this show is going in, but I, I, I can call the show a lot of things, but I can't call it boring. Sure. There's too much going on for you to be bored <laughs> between uh, between an over middle aged person with a standing appointment with a prostitute and this, <laughs> this dingy mother. She, even though she's an academic, she has a little bit of dinginess to her. I'm like when she OK, when uh, so the daughter, uh, Kristen, has ends up having sex with the model. There's a lot of sex in this thing. Yes, there, there was a bit of sex. Yeah. Well, since you're going to pull the cat out of the bag that Kristen loses her virginity to an absolute total stranger. Oh, that see, she... I didn't say she lo- loses her virginity, but. Oh, well, we're, we're putting it all out now. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so I got to talk about this. So, no, we just, Kristen, uh, who considers herself to be the boring white chick of the family, that's her quote, not mine. And um, and so she loses her virginity because she just wants to get it over with. With us, if that's, I, I will give her this much credit. If you're gonna basically lose your virginity to a total stranger, might as well make it a model. So, <laughs> thumbs up on that choice, Chris. I, I guess so, but thumbs down because <laughs> they must not have uh, used too much of protection or anything because she ends up getting something. So, like, oh, you mean like a package from Amazon? What do you um, mean? Um, well, that's probably <laughs> not the type of package you would want. <laughs> Okay. It's so, definitely but, but, not Avon calling. Yeah. So anyway, but so yeah, Kristen meets the model at the party, and um, yeah. But the most disturbing part of it is that she's wearing like this horse um uh, oh mask that she get that she grabs when when her mother and uh and her are shopping for party supplies. She grabs this this weird uh, rubber horse head mask, and she wears it during um her uh first sexual encounter <laughs> looking like bojack horseman <laughs> i was like was... this is some mess who does this and yeah that why was... was the model completely okay with that that's i mean yes he really wanted to get like that's another thing you are a model um are and and to me like do you need to have sex with like uh with 17 year olds who are losing their virginity at at somebody's 60th birthday party but he didn't uh, know she was 17 because she has that damn horse head on and they barely had any conversation I, th- I I thought that they I thought that maybe she did say something about it being did her she first say time. That? I no, she, she did say it was her first time, but she didn't say she was seventeen. That I recall. All right, that's possible. Well, to me, okay, if I'm at, I'm meeting a stranger and they're telling me they're a virgin, but they want to, I'm like, how old are you? To me, is the first thing should pop, pop out of your mouth when, or take that damn horse head off. Also, might pop out of your mouth as well. But um, we make different choices in life. <laughs> clearly 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 and that was not a good one because you see what happened uh yes all right yes uh uh, uh, put a glove on it kids put a (laughs) glove put a glove on it two if possible (laughs) (laughs) all right tachi i think it's time for me to ask the question that i love to ask you so tachi are you gonna keep watching uh here and now or are you going to change the channel yeah, so here's the thing. I really, <laughs> would be, <laughs> I really would be very interested in continuing to see the never-ending saga of the this family. How the hell ever it comes on HBO. <laughs> and you know my situation and HBO. So uh, that would be a tentative, I 
will keep watching. I well, can I say something though before before I do my tentative thing. Let's talk yeah. about the the actual what people are thinking about it. So the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes it only has a twenty six percent. Twenty percent, twenty six percent fresh. Twenty six percent, but the, audi- the audience score it's a seventy percent audience score. So that's it's a so bit interesting better. to see how there's a a, tr- a clear deviation between what the critics are thinking and what people are thinking of the show oh yeah absolutely but you know what that sometimes is often the way especially with pieces like this so i'm i would have thought it would have had a higher you know a higher rating but yeah no 26 percent. so we're talking about in fact uh the critics consensus is this let me read this here and now clearly has a point it wants to make but a nebulous plot and unfocused character development stand in the way of its potential so i read that because i'm i'm very interested to see what they do right now it's interesting but they're right i it's kind of all over the place so i want to see how they reel it back in and that's why i'd be interested in seeing you know what else they're going to do with it during a free trial of HBO. <laughs> yes, and I love that you mentioned my situation with HBO. Your situation is you refuse to pay them. Damn right. That is your situation, and that's, that's why right. you don't have HBO. Make it and plain. the fact that when when I was um, interviewing potential co-host, <laughs> I, if only I had known one of the questions that should have been uh, uh, on your form should have been like, are you willing to pay for HBO? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's too late now. I'm locked in. I am locked into a five-year contract with a first-look first deal. So, too damn bad. Too bad, Kevin. I did drop the ball on that one. <laughs> too bad. So sad. Yes, and so thank God for the free trial because you would have never seen this show. Oh, that did too. The reason you all are even hearing us talk about this show is because it was President's Day weekend and we had a free <laughs> trial. Let's make it plain and honest, shall we? You know what, HBO, this is why you need to send us screeners. You need to make this happen, HBO, so we can review we uh, review your shows and say, you know, sometimes good things about them, other than reading about how, <laughs> how much the other critics hated your show. <laughs> All right. And, and, and that's the thing. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think it has a lot of potential, and I'm willing to see where it goes during a free trial of HBO. So, Kevin, I will ask you. <laughs> <laughs> you had to say it again. <laughs> That I'm cementing that, Kevin. Free, I will free, ask free. you <laughs> what you thought. Are you going to keep watching or change the channel? You know what? Like I said earlier, this show is a lot of things, but boring isn't one of them. It is one of the most visually arresting shows. Uh, there's this waterfall scene. I'm like, wait, mm. that's a place that exists on the planet Earth. Get mm. me there immediately. Immediately. That was it. Was spectacularly beautiful. The characters are interesting and complex. I'm looking. We already learned something that was really, to me, surprising about Duke's character. That like, oh, okay, that explains some of his actions and uh, some choices. So I'm looking forward to it unfolding more. I am worried about this supernatural element of the show. Like, where could this possibly end up leading? Um, are they going to give us any kind of answers about what the hell this is about? Is this about mental illness? Is this about something supernatural? That whole thing. Um, 
So I'm nervous about the, how that's going to play out because I, when it comes to supernatural stuff like, oh, don't let me get me started. I'm not claiming this show is like this, but when I think of something like Lost that just goes off the rails, it has intriguing questions at the beginning, but then just goes off the rails. I'm concerned about that element of it. But I I will be continue to watch. So I'm going to I'm going to keep watching. I'm staying tuned to uh here and now. Well, good for you. Maybe you can FaceTime me so I can watch. So it I can so you can watching. actually see it yeah. for free. Uh, yeah. And and then have the HBO cops not no HBO. I will not do that. And that's why, <laughs> go and, away. And that's why you're going to send me screeners because you know that I'm the kind of person you can count on. Oh god of heavens. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, believe we have now come to the end of our 29th show, Dachi. 29th show, and we are about to be even better in our 30s the next Oh, time. my God. Are we going to be dirty 30? I can't. I, with all with the foreplay and stuff, I guess maybe we will. Well, guess what? We were already dirty. So, <laughs> <laughs> so turning 30 has nothing to do with altering that image. But this has been super fun. I, I'm 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 loving I, I just have to say co-host Kevin I'm so glad you're my co-host Kevin and even though you refuse to pay for HBO I am still happy that you're my co-host as well well good that's kind of a halfway compliment so <laughs> in any case <laughs> I guess I should tell them where they can listen yeah, where can you listen to a great show like TV channeling, Tachi? Oh, this show is amazing. And you can hear us on a myriad of different platforms. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at tvchanneling.com. If you go there, that takes you right to our Podbean page. So you can listen in all those ways. And while you're there, why don't you leave a review Unless you don't like the show, then you're welcome to move on. But yeah, there's no reason to even why even bother. Life's too short. Life's too short. So, but if you have something nice to say, which we would absolutely love, go ahead and leave us a review. We would appreciate that. And subscribe on any of the platforms, and that way you can hear us when we come out straight away. I'm not exactly sure, but I thought I read a, uh, uh, an article in Men's Health that people who write positive reviews live longer. I'm not exactly sure, but I thought I read that. The views expressed by Kevin No Malone are not the views <laughs> of <laughs> All right. Thanks for undercutting me. There All right. <laughs> well, well, wait, wait. While you think of new ways to uh, to undercut me, I am going to tell people where they can uh, get in touch with us because we are on social media and we are everywhere. We are known as TV channeling. So you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on the gram known as Insta. You can also find us on uh, Snapchat and you can find us on my personal favorite platform, Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Not only do we want to hear, uh, you know, what shows you'd like us to review, we'd also like to hear uh, if there's any news stories you want us to talk about. You want to get uh, Tachi's take on a particular subject or something? Let us know. We love to hear from you guys. We would love to hear from you on the Twitter, as they like to say. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Twitter. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time to say goodbye. It is. It is. It's been real and it's been fun but we're gonna let you get back to whatever it was you were doing before you were listening to us and we appreciate you it's because of you that we even do this with that i'm gonna sign off bye from tachi and goodbye from kevin and remember if you're watching it we're talking about it cheers bye bye